Hey, I am so glad to be here. And for those of you that are listening to the podcast, um, I just want to let you know that I'm actually uploading the video version of me doing this recording on YouTube. So if you want to find me on YouTube, you can just Google Carmen Lisette. That's L-E-Z-E-T-H. And you can just uh, look at the show notes because I'll put the link in there so that you can easily find me. So let me talk about what's going to be a thing I want to do on a pretty regular basis. I want to try and talk about things like what happened last week, what the best thing was that happened last week, what the worst thing was that happened last week, and maybe something that touched me that happened last week. And the reason why I want to do this there's a lot of reasons, but the reason why I want to do this um, for this past week is because I feel like there are so many things that we see on social media on a regular basis, right? Whether we're doing live streaming or whether we're on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or all the other different social medias, right? Twitch. And I just feel like I see a lot of things where there's a lot of highs or extreme lows, right? So either everybody's life is just amazingly perfect and brilliant. And, you know, I just got a new job on LinkedIn. Like everybody has a new job on LinkedIn, except for me. <laughs> like, like, and everybody on Twitter is either really, really angry about politics or we're just all talking about Marvel. Or on Facebook, it just seems like everybody has a perfect life. Or there's some horrible tragedy. It just feels like social media lives in the highs and the lows. And I wonder, is anybody else living where I'm living in kind of just regular life? <laughs> you know? So then it dawned on me, you know what? Maybe I don't talk enough about the good stuff that's happening and the bad stuff that's happening and the kind of things that just surprise me. Maybe that's what it is. And maybe somewhere out there, I will find other people who are just normal, like me. I don't know. Maybe. We're just going to try it, okay? So let me talk about one of the hardest things I had to deal with last week. I'm going to say it was kind of bad, too, but... um it wasn't horrible. There was a plus to it. Okay. So many people know I've been recovering from a surgery that I had. It'll be a year in September. And even though I have run several marathons and 10 Ks and five Ks, I was always really slow and I was always compensating for pain. I didn't realize I had. I needed hip surgery when I was a kid. I was a dancer. It's the reason why my dancing career ended um, at a very young age. And I just never did it because I could walk. I was fine. But during COVID, it came to blows. I had to have surgery. And yes, I had a total hip replacement, just like an old person. And I'm in denial that I'm an old person, I guess. But <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of people who get hip surgery. I mean, it's kind of one of those things that I realize, like until you actually do it, you don't realize how many people I've met so many triathletes who've had hip surgery. I was like, wait a minute to me, hip surgery was always something like only old people like in their eighties get or whatever. So suffice it to say, I am back on the mend. I am doing better. And the hardest thing I had to do last week 
All that to tell you this, I tried to run three miles from beginning to end and uh, it was so hard. Uh, it was so hard that I cried at the end of it because when I say running at the stage that I'm at right now, I'm talking about jogging. Like you could probably walk next to me and kind of beat me. But for me, it was all about being in the motion, right? Me being in that space, being able to actually do it from beginning to end. And um, it was slow. It was hard. I wasn't in any pain. Um, I hope my surgeon isn't listening because he would prefer that I never run again. He wants me to only bike and walk. And he thinks I'm going to go swimming. Um, my point is, it was the hardest thing I had to do last week. Um, it felt really, really good. I'm not going to get back into running fully. I'm not. Um, I think that time has passed for me anyway, just endurance-wise. Um, but I do want to put it into my kind of rotations of workouts. And I'd like to run twice a week, which my surgeon did say I could run like twice a week, only three miles each time. So he did say that, but you could hear like the hesitance in his voice that he would rather that I not run ever again. Uh, so, but that was the hardest thing I did last week. Okay. The best thing that happened last week for me, the best thing that happened last week was I was talking to my cousin, Cynthia, and I asked her randomly if she would help me with an audition I had to do. So some of you listening are not actors. So you probably know that we go out on auditions a lot, but here's the thing that's really interesting, especially because of COVID, we're doing a lot more auditions where we have to record. So even though most of the times you go into a casting office, we also do submit auditions um, via Zoom or via recording and we send it through Ecocast or whatever it is, but it is definitely a recording that you can send in. Either way, I always use a reader. I always hire somebody to work with me uh, to get my lines right, to get the rhythm right or whatever. And this time I was like, let me see if my cousin Cynthia will help me. So to put this in perspective, my cousin Cynthia does not do acting. She doesn't do anything with Hollywood, except that she watches a lot of stuff, right? She's in a whole different world. She lives on the East Coast. But I asked her if she would do it, and she was excited to do it. And we worked together on these two different scripts, these two different sides, I should say. And it was fantastic. So why was this the best thing that happened? Because... My cousin Cynthia turned around and at one point said to me, you know, Carmen, I feel like this character that you're portraying uh, reminds me of this movie and this actor. And, and she started just talking about like how she envisioned the character. And she said, do you think we could try one take that way? Let me tell you something, okay? When somebody has a gift to be able to give you criticism or to give you advice and do it in such a supportive and loving way, that's somebody you want in your corner all the time. And it was, I mean, you know, the way in which she said it was from her own style or whatever, but she was giving me feedback in such a powerful and uplifting way right? And I want to use her now all the time for all of my um, sides and auditions and stuff because it felt so supportive. It felt like when I was a dancer, when I was in color guard and drum corps, and I was always treated with such 
kindness and I was always uplifted and always given the opportunity to thrive. As opposed to when people turn around and try to give criticism and advice by putting someone down, right? And then when it comes to business, this is so interesting because you watch this dynamic all the time. Instead of saying to someone, hey, you know what? I was wondering if we could try this a different way because it's not working and I'm not sure the client's going to like it that way. Or maybe we could have the client look at both ways of doing things. People tend to be like, you know what? That's not going to work. That is not how we were going to do this. That is, I don't know why you're wasting your time doing that. We don't have time for this. Like there's a tone thing. There's an attitude thing. There's a non-uplifting thing about that approach. And so if you can turn around and find a way to have a good tone when you speak to people, have ways in which it's reflective of lifting someone up and not about you being right or you being the person in control of something, that's always going to be the better way to do things. And that's what Cynthia did. She made it about how I could be a better actor in that moment. So she used her ability to explain something to me in kindness and her tone. I mean, and the reason why she was using an example from Hollywood or whatever is because she's not an actor. She's not an acting teacher or whatever. But all of those rules still apply, right? It's still the same thing. You can use it in business. You can use it helping a friend. You can use it with helping your children or talking to a spouse. When you stop making things about yourself and making it about another person and lifting them up, that is always going to be the better way to give people criticism or give people advice. I loved that. It was the kind of best thing that happened last week to me. It was unbelievable. The thing that threw me this week a lot was I got a text from a 14-year-old who is in New York right now and uh, her and her family went to visit the uh, 9-11 memorial. And this 14-year-old who I love, who's very close to me, texts me because she wanted to know the name of my friend who passed away, um, who passed away, uh, who was killed in the Twin Towers. I need to just say that. Um, his name is Cesar Murillo. We went to college together uh, and he worked for... Uh, Cantor Fitzgerald at the time. Anyways, the point is, the thing that threw me was this 14-year-old kid, this 14-year-old young girl texted me because she wanted to know who my friend was. And I kept thinking to myself, when in my life did I have a conversation with this 14-year-old about this tragic situation? Like, I, I don't understand. Now, don't get me wrong, we're very close, but what threw me was realizing that, you know what, kids are going to always understand you and learn from you and know you too. Now, I know most parents out there are like, duh, but I always try to make things like rainbows and butterflies and joyful and amazing when we're together. I never talk about tragedy or bad things, like unless she asks me a question. But I couldn't think of when we had a conversation about 9-11. So her mother texted me later that night to explain to me 
that she was so moved by her daughter's tears and that she bought uh, a flag and put it on Caesar's name at the memorial and that she saw his picture in the museum and um, and that she was so tearful. And her mother explained to me that she was so sensitive. And it dawned on me like, and this kid knows me so well, right? It's something that threw me that those relationships, even with young kids, um, they're always a mutual thing. And even if you don't have a conversation with kid about something tragic, they probably know about it, especially if they love you and care about you. And if you have that relationship, you know, so that threw me this week. I implore you to take a moment and think about maybe what the hardest thing was you had to do last week. Maybe what the worst thing was you had to do last week, what the best thing was that happened last week, and also something that may have surprised you or threw you last week, right? And why am I telling you to do this? Because I think we need to normalize having just regular lives online because not everybody's life is some high and low where something extraordinary is happening. And I want to be around my people like regular people, regular folk having regular lives. And how do we keep having more positivity, more beauty, more joy, right? I don't want to be jealous of other people. I don't want to feel like, and I'm not saying that we all compare, but we're human. We're human beings. So it's a natural thing to be like, wait a minute, that person just got a job for $250,000 a year and they're just dropping that on LinkedIn like it's no big deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I'm happy for them, but at some point when everybody's doing those kind of things, I'm like, am I the only one out here in real life having just a regular life? I can't imagine it. And if so, I'm glad that you stopped by to listen to my boring regular life. Thanks for stopping by All About the Joy. Be better and stay beautiful, folks. Have a sweet day.